This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter 39, and uh, we're really at what I would say his physical as far as Joseph's physical life, the turning point of his life was his brother selling him into slavery into Egypt. But I would say that Joseph's actual moral ascent or his ascent up to greatness so that God could use him to make a difference in the world that he lived in, make a difference in his family's life, make a difference in the things that really matter, the lives and the hope of those around. That turning point, that chance or that opportunity to see those things change happens in regard to Potiphar's wife. And that is where his character is revealed and his his willingness to do what he believes to be right, even when nobody knows, is revealed. And let me say, this is very difficult. It's a difficult thing to do. It is. He is really acting in faith because he is going against all what would be normally fleshly desires, and he's laying them aside so that he might be honorable to God, that he might be faithful to God. And that is a very personal thing. And oftentimes when we deal with sin, we deal with it, the shame, we deal with the struggle of it, and we forget that it's very personal. And as King David said, when he, uh, when he was called on by Jonathan the prophet, when he came in and, and uh, called him out for uh, killing Bathsheba's husband and taking her as his wife, when that happened, he said to God in a psalm, he says, and remember we studied through the book of Psalms, he said, against you and you only have I sinned. And I thought that was is weird when you first think about it, but what is true is that ultimately sin is not God or it's not God's will. You have God and you have his will and you have his purpose and you have his way and it's at work in the world. And sin ultimately is everything that's not that or not God. And, and David was absolutely correct to say against you and you only have I sinned because I have done not God. I've done what would what you, God, would not have had me to do. I've operated outside of your will and your way. And it was a very personal thing that he had to go through to understand that and to come to that conclusion, to realize that his sinfulness is ultimately a front to God's holiness and God's goodness toward him. And that may be the more hurtful thing. We know we're sinners. We know what everybody who comes to a relationship with Jesus Christ has to pass through that understanding. They do that they're utterly sinful. Or if they didn't know, if they didn't think that, they would, they would not see a reason for Jesus to have to pay for their sins. But obviously, we come to that conclusion that we need a Savior and that Jesus is our Savior. And so the understanding that you're sinful is innate and common to every believer or every follower of Jesus Christ. 
And the understanding that ultimately all sin is all sin is the thoughts, the meditations of our heart, the actions of our hands, the things that we do that are against God's will. But they always start in the heart. They always start with us, our own desires overcoming us and us walking in those desires rather than walking in God's will and God's way. And you say, how do we walk in God's will and God's will of those desires? It's difficult because they come from all different angles. Some of them are just natural lust of the flesh. And the Bible says the only way to deal with that is to flee the lust of the flesh. And then some of it's a desire for to be like the world. It's called worldliness. It's called, it's a act that wants to come to the image of this world. Our, the ladies Bible study was talking a little bit about that last night. It's the desire to be like the world. It's called, like I said, worldliness. It's, it's soulishness also is one of the ideas that is thought through. What you're wanting is you're wanting you to be okay with the world. And so you conform your actions to be okay with how the world sees things. And that conformity is a conformity away from God's will and away and toward worldliness. And so that's sin. And then you, then sometimes you just succumb to spiritual attack. The enemy wants to make you afraid and you're afraid. And by the way, fear is the opposite of faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so if I'm operating in fear, I'm obviously operating in sin. If I'm operating in doubt, I'm operating in sin. If I'm, if I'm operating, if I'm always angry and upset, I'm not walking in the joy of the Lord. And so I'm in sin. And so it's there, it is so layered and so difficult to walk by faith. And so when you see somebody walk by faith, especially in scriptures, you need to hone in on that and uh, see that walk of faith and see how they did it because it's possible for you. That's the cool thing about this story is it's possible for you, even if you failed in the past. And like I said, the one I brought up at the very start was King David. And the Bible says that King David was a man after God's own heart. How could he be a man after God's own heart? And he did such terrible things. That's the dichotomy of being a believer. That's the, that is the struggle. We can be chasing after God's own heart and slip and fall right in the middle of the chase. And I'm talking about eat it like you would not believe. Just hit the ground hard and roll out. That happens all the time in our lives. And it is what grace is for. It's, it, grace is there to give us what we don't deserve. And mercy is there to ensure that we don't get what we do deserve. And the truth is that's what makes God and our relationship with him good is that he understands that we are going to slip and fall or sometimes we're just going to go tumbling down the road in a way that is just very painful. And he is, he's always at work loving us through it. Remember verse five, he says, so it was from the time that he had made him overseer, meaning he'd made Joseph overseer of his house and all that he had, and that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house, blessed Potiphar's house for Joseph's sake. Notice Joseph was a blessing to the world he lived in. He was by his faith, he was a person that changed the world he lived in, and he was a blessing to Potiphar. And Potiphar saw that the Lord's hand was on him. We saw that earlier. And it says, and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Notice, everything that Potiphar had was being blessed because Joseph was in control of it. Notice that a man or a woman acting in faith blesses everything around them. They're a blessing to those things. And they're an encouragement and they're life-giving hope to those things. 
And it doesn't matter where you find yourself or what position you are in. You are a source of blessing and hope to the place you're at and to the people you're around if you're a person that's operating in faith. And so thus, he left, notice, Potiphar leaves all that he had in Joseph's hand, meaning Joseph had control and power and authority over everything that Potiphar had. Thus, he left all that he had in Joseph's hands, and he did not know what he had except the bread or the food which he ate. He says I, he, didn't have, he didn't have any knowledge of what was going on didn't care about it. He all he had to do was he all he had to do was care about taking care of his business with Pharaoh. And so Joseph's over everything. And with much gifting, much power to those who've been given, much is required. And so Joseph is required to be faithful with those things. And he is faithful with this, those things. Now it says this and it breaks it out when you're reading it in a modern English translation. It it separates this line right out by itself because it won't I guess it wants to place emphasis on it. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Joseph was a good looking man. That's what it says. He was handsome. If I had to translate that for you to give you an idea of what that meant, it means that he was handsome in form and appearance. That means he was good looking. And that's what it says. And, and it came to pass, and all the time it comes to pass, life just keeps going on, doesn't it? And even though things may be going good, remember, the Bible te teaches us that the devil crouches the, croucheth at the door, that he is a lion that croucheth at the door, seeking whom he may devour. And he's right there, seeking out who he wants to devour, and he wants to devour Joseph. He wants to destroy him because God is blessing him. And if you don't think the enemy is wanting and seeking to destroy you when you're in the midst of God's blessing, you just hadn't been doing a whole lot of God's blessing things. You've not been walking by faith and getting that blessing because the enemy is always out to mess it up and destroy it. He's always sending to cause trouble, always sending issues that seem like they're unresolvable, always dealing with things that seem like they just can't be handled and there's no hope. He is always spiritually attacking. He is always physically attacking. He's always emotionally attacking. He is just under the under attack all the time. And so that's what happens. It says, and it came to pass after these things, that meaning after Joseph had been faithful, after he'd operated by faith in the way he ought to, after he had been blessed by God, after he had attained to a high place, even after he'd been sold into slavery by his brothers in Egypt. It could have ended very badly for Joseph, but he didn't because God's hand was on him. And all these things I'm saying about Joseph is true of you too. It's true of you too, and you need to know that. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife, casting longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, lie with me. I don't think I need to go into a lot of detail about that either. She was inviting him to have relations with him, with her. And she's just given the invitation, given the opportunity. And we see when we were talking about David, David saw Bathsheba bathing on the roof of her home. And he wanted her and he took her. And by the way, I'm not sure that wasn't on purpose by Bathsheba because she knew where the king hung out at night. And she knew that she was in line of sight of him. And I'm not sure that wasn't an offer made to him. And uh, so also this this woman, and she's never ever identified as anybody but Potiphar's wife in Egypt, she would have been not a not as much a object that was owned 
by her husband in Egypt. Women had power. Women could own property, could own land, and women could have their own estates. And that was that was a unique of the world that that Egypt lived in, that Egypt was. And she likely had some kind of stake in the household that Joseph was running. And she wouldn't have just been a, a player in the household. She would have been somebody of importance. And obviously, as Potiphar's wife, she'd have been somebody of influence, but she might have actually had been somebody who had actual legal and financial control of the situation. So she would have been somebody that not only would have, in many ways, would have been somebody that controlled Joseph's life and the way he way he lived and what he was over, but she probably had some say-so in how the household was run, even with Joseph being in charge of it even with Potiphar placing Joseph in charge of it. So this is not just an enticement. This is also a, a financial and a physical gain. And for somebody who'd lost everything, been sold into slavery, and now attained to this high position in a very important person's household, being a very, person of very great importance in, in Egypt at that time, Joseph would have not wanted to lose that. And so he could have easily at any point in time said, I'm old go and give in to this temptation, but he didn't. Notice it says in verse eight, but he refused and said to his master's wife, notice, look, my master does not know what is with me in this house. And he has committed all things, all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me, but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against, notice, God? Not against Potiphar, not against Potiphar's wife, but against God. Joseph understands that sin ultimately is against God. And he's saying, I've been blessed in every possible way. And how can I do this great wickedness? And remember, sin is wickedness. He says, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He says, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to do that because of the trust that was placed in me. I'm not going to do that because of the depth of the relationships that I have with Potiphar and with this house and the people that are in this house. I am not going to destroy other people's lives and my life just because there is some kind of worldly desire. There's some, some kind of fleshly desire that's out there. I'm not going to do that. And uh, let me say this, that you, we read this oftentimes says, that's right. You shouldn't do that. And he shouldn't, but it ain't always that easy. And I know for sure in everyone's life, there are things out there that are such a struggle. You've been placed on your boss's checkbook, but, and you need a little money and you just take a little. And how can you do such great wickedness and sin against God? It's real easy to it's real easy to do. My neighbor won't notice that I took this out of his hand. He won't notice that I stole this. And remember, it's it's the taking of what's not ours. It's the doing what we're not ever made to do or should have done. It's just the little things. And you can justify it. You can always justify it. It's just a passing moment. And when I say that in every possible way, identifying with it completely myself, that's the way, that's the way our lives are. Um, 
It's just that little small temptation, that little small desire. I'm just going to, I should, probably shouldn't say anything to this person about this situation, but I really want to gossip about it. And so I'm just going to get up there. I'm just going to tell it. I'm going to just tell it once. Just tell it once. Just, just tell it once. Isn't that what we do? And then before you know it, we're telling it all over the place. We're just spreading it. We're spreading it like that jam on that uh, on that piece of toast, just thick and heavy, just as hard as we can. And that's the way it always starts out, right? Always starts out. I know I know I shouldn't be uh, this and uh, doing this. And then for you, you, you got the popcorn out and you've you made the hot chocolate and you're just watching away and eating it all up. And for you know it, you're feeding that flesh. And that is how it happens. That's how it happens with every one of us. That's who we are. And you got to figure out that I don't want to go down that path. I don't want to, when I re- reach that point in the road, I'm not going down that road. And that's what Joseph said. He said, <clears throat> I can't do this. I'm not going to do this. It would be wrong in every possible way. But primarily, he says, it would not be a great sin against Potiphar, he didn't say Potiphar, even though it would be a great sin against Potiphar. But what mainly is a great sin is a great sin against God. And that brings you back face to face with faith. That's how you deal with it. This is not an issue of what I want or what I desire. It's not an issue of what my flesh says. It's not an issue of how things I think ought to be. It's an issue of whether or not I trust God and I trust his will and his ways in my life more than I trust those things. And you can do this. It's possible. It's possible. I've wandered down those roads in my life and they've been very destructive. And I've wandered down and I've decided not to go down those roads and I've been very blessed. And every believer knows knows how that works. You have. You've walked by faith and seen great things and you've wandered away from the faith and seen great pain. And uh, both are true in every believer's life. And what we have to do on a daily basis is choose the great things that God has by faith and choose not to indulge in the things that are not God. And so it was, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, she did not, he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. He wasn't giving in. He was relentless in his faith. And that's why God promoted him to the high places that he does. Now, this is going to end up terribly for him, but it doesn't end up terribly for him for long because ultimately God elevates him not to the head of Potiphar's house, but to the head of Pharaoh's house over all of Egypt. And this story ends up in that place. It ends bad at the start, but it always ends up good at the end. And that's what's going to happen with Joseph. And so I'd say to you, in your struggle with sin, and I say that to everybody I'm talking to, because if you're breathing, then you're struggling. In your struggle with sin, in your struggle with shame, in your struggle with doubt, in your struggle with fear, God is with you. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. He is right there with you. And he is going to help you learn to walk and trust him. And let him today. Allow him today. Start today walking with him. And if you will, you will see the goodness of his days before you. Might not be easy in the moment. Might, in fact, be very difficult in the moment. Might be painful in the moment. But it will lead to God's very best for you. And so I bless you today. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, 
and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.